My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning to the great state. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Of Texas, good morning to the entire world. How are all my peeps doing? Guess what, folks? Fund drive is over. What do we say again? Fund drive is over. And when fund drive is over, what does that really mean? We're back to regular programming. And what does that mean? The two geniuses in the studio is going to tell us what that means. How are my peeps doing this morning? How are my peeps doing this morning? Well, fund drive being over with equals hallelujah. It's all done. And you know what? It's KPFT's birthday today. 54 years ago, on March the 1st, that would be 1970, this radio station signed on for the first time. And later on, we'll be playing the song that it signed on with during uh, the Great Wide Open. So, happy birthday, KPFT. I know, I know, but I am so happy, you know. And you know what is the best thing about it? We actually made our our goal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? that man well, we went over our goal by the time it's all said and done and the trickle ends come in it's going to be over our goal that means that this radio station is well loved and well supported by houston's community they think that we're doing the right thing they think that we're on the right track and we're just going to follow them so there you go and jack i meant that wisdom that... too oh i'm sorry didn't mean to throw it to no, jack no no go yet. for it yeah no i was just gonna Let... throw it to jack and see what wisdom he had very little sometimes. <laughs> That's me on most days. Good morning, Egberto. How I, are you? Good morning, my brother. I'm good morning, my brother. And it's look, you are with us all of the times. It's not just sometimes. It is all the time. It's just all of the times. You know, hey, um, talk to me with your wisdom, my brother. Give me some of that wisdom. Well, this is going to be on Social Security. <clears throat> you know, Americans left and right don't want to see cuts to Social Security. They would rather see the poor, old, morbidly wealthy pay their fair share of taxes. We must end the neoliberal economic policies that keep the poor poor and protects the wealthy from paying their fair share of taxes. Well, this is the kind of stuff but that you, causes revolutions, you know. We don't. You know, I'm that. glad that you said that because you're absolutely right about revolution. I mean... Uh, uh, that that is that is where that is where it where we're if if we don't get things cleaned up and cleaned up soon, right? That is where we are gonna be uh, with. Uh, and I, I I hate to just put it that way, but uh, sadly, that is uh, that is something that we better be very careful uh, very careful about because uh, yeah. look. The people are going to just take so much and eventually not so much. I mean, that's just the reality. People are not going to forever uh, take the condition that we're currently in as the status quo. 
they will. They will react in the long run. But hey, Johnny, what's going on, my friend? Well, I was expecting to hear. I guess I'll have to wait, huh? <laughs> what does no, that mean? brother, you, you're not going to hear that, Johnny, but I tell you the good thing that you hear is that oh, fun drive is over. Fun drive is over. You know, well, so I am glad to hear that. Back, I could plague. <laughs> but I'd rather deal with that than uh, the canker sore known as Donald. Anyway. <laughs> oh, now, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's a sure. So, and a dinosaur. He's a dino. Well, not that kind of a dino. No. Pelosi. Yeah, we know what kind you mean. Yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, anyhow. You're familiar with. Um, Political cartoons like the one they did of Richard Nixon back in the day, where they exaggerate your facial features and his nose is big like a like a cliff, and they showed this guy skiing off Richard Nixon's nose. You remember that political cartoon? Yes, yes, I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, so I have a new image to replace the one that you planted in my head of an oversized brown bald guy with flapping uh, bird wings feeding uh, raw knowledge, regurgitated knowledge uh-huh. into the mouths of KPP bird listeners. So here's the new image. Oh, I'm a little winded because <laughs> I've been up all night, and I'm getting ready to You know, Jenny, I've been wondering. I mean, it's like, man, the guy, the guy is excited this morning. I, at first, I thought the excitement came from not having to listen to us ask for money because it's over now when we made our quota. But, man, yeah. you're happy. Anyway, finish up so I can go ahead and bring Brother Daniel Cohen into the discussion. Okay, so let me see if I can conjure this image up for myself again. Uh, what was it now? This is what happens when you don't sleep for 24 hours. But let me see. Okay, so we're going to erase <laughs> you feeding us knowledge, regurgitating. And instead it was going to be, uh, oh, crap. You know what? I'm going to have to call you back. All right. Well, you call us back. All right. Let me let, let me uh, tell Brother Cohen. Good morning, Daniel. How are you doing this morning, sir? Uh, I'm doing great, man. You got me up bright and early, so I'm ready to talk politics and politics done right with my good friend. What's going on with you? Well, uh, we're fine. We're having a little. Actually, what just happened is I just heard uh, you uh, double, so I've got to fix that in real time. So I am going to tell you that we're doing great. We're even doing better because uh, you're on the show, of course. As soon as I get that echo out, it's going to be even better. And that's what I am working on right now. You know, when you set these things up in real time, every so often, you get into that trouble. I think I just fixed it. So anyway, so what do you have to talk to us about today, my brother? Well, today we're discussing uh, some statements from a few days back from Second Baptist Church Pastor Ed Young, um, mm-hmm. who gave a speech uh, reminiscent of Father Coughlin uh, to applauding pews, uh, about a 10 or 15 minute drive actually from where I am, very close to my own voting precinct, in which he called immigrants garbage and, uh, dis- and actually specifically labeled and named regions and countries from around the world in doing so. Uh, And also then the speech didn't get any better from there, spewed misinformation surrounding immigrant populations. You know, we've seen a real decline in this, uh, not just with the rise of Trump, 
but we saw a decline uh, in fact, factual information and an increase in demonization uh, of immigrants for political purposes over the course of the Trump administration. And there was massive pushback against that. And now it seems actually that the entire issue and the entire discussion has started to drift off to the right. And without specifically naming that what uh, Pastor Young did is completely outside the mainstream, we risk normalization. Uh, We risk going to sleep. I've even heard people say, yeah, well, he said that, but that guy's always saying things. And I think there's a little bit of fatigue to make a statement. But that's the sign, isn't it? That's the sign. It is. Yeah. I mean, this is dangerous. First of all, um, uh, given that we had some problems getting started, I want to first make sure to tell people who you are. So folks with us this morning is Daniel Cohen, president of Indivisible Houston. And uh, we were, you know, Daniel is a is an activist throughout, more than an activist actually, throughout Houston, making sure that uh, our democracy is maintained. And uh, yesterday we were speaking and he told me, hey, had you had you seen the Chronicle article, and I think he had actually seen it elsewhere as well, where Pastor Ed Young, a religious stalwart in Houston, somebody who believes in love, somebody who believes we should care about our fellow men, somebody who follows the Bible and supposedly the teachings of the people Christians follow, which is Jesus Christ. And he then said, referring to those people who are trying to find some freedom, trying to find some economic uh, economic success, trying to do better for this country, it's people that we need in this country, he calls them garbage. He calls them garbage. The implications of that, folks, is having a the, one of the major Christians in our country be able to refer to other human beings that way, devalues them. And it means when you devalue a human being, it gives people authority to also do things to them. Please continue, my brother. You know, it's interesting is that Indivisible Houston, the organization I chair actually several years ago following the DHS order, uh, projected the words, Jesus was a migrant onto various churches and other institutions around the city of Houston. It was covered by the Houston Um, and Second Baptist Church was one of the places that we went to make sure that there was an understanding of what was happening. And the pushback we got was natural. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, from these churches, because they don't want, some of them, let's say, don't want to acknowledge uh, that these these uh, concepts fly flagrantly in the fl- face of what they're supposed to teach and what has been traditionally taught for a very long time. I mean, you know, my life may vary, given on a religion, depending church to church and sect to sect. But very clearly, uh, what Second Baptist preaches isn't aligned with anything but political cause, political purpose, and personal wishes and personal desires. It's completely selfish uh, what he he did. And it's entirely dangerous. Um, You know, there was an article 
this past week an editorial that erroneously and um, dangerously referred to protesters as uh, representing a scene out of 1933. But if you want an actual scene out of 1933, then it's a hate-filled pastor uh, delivering a speech, preaching to to applauding pews, the wrong ideas. His responsibility as a leader is to make sure that his congregants are well informed, that they're making good decisions. Uh, I would, you know, I can't speak for him, but I would presume he he would agree. I, I don't know that uh, you know God gave them brains, and so perhaps they should be using them. And one way to use them is to be skeptical of anybody who tells you hate your neighbor, hate your brother, ditch the stranger. And, uh, you know, like push the poor away, push the immigrants away. Uh, we'll always get pushback specifically. I've noticed in these conversations where they say, well, Jesus wasn't an immigrant because he went to an area that was inside the kingdom. Which is applying this weird 20th century frame to what was going on at the time. Look, anybody that needs to know it should know that if you flee from power, you are a refugee. And which lines you go over doesn't really matter. You are seeking asylum at that point. And there is no asylum seeker who is more clearly defined that way in the entire Christian religion than Jesus Christ, according to the letter of any Bible that you can pick up and read, other than the satanic one, which isn't really a Christian Bible. So um, so the, the point is that, yes, he is flying in the face of his own teachings. Yes, he is flying in the face of Christianity as, as it is practiced. But in addition to that, extremely dangerous to just let people say this kind of thing in our own backyard. We've had seven politicians who have come out so far in the Houston area and said something. And I want to name them because, and I'm, and I won't even critique any of the individual statements about how I wish they would have been or not, because it's important for us to just go ahead and account right now. We'll count Mayor Turner since he's recently out of office, commissioners, Briones and Garcia, representatives, John Rosenthal, Armando Wally and Ron Reynolds and Christian Menefee put out a very good statement and tied it into the SB4 ruling, uh, the, the federal court blocking SB4 from being implemented yesterday. But to be honest with you, I'd like to see more religious leaders come out. I'd like to see more electeds come out. I'd like to see more nonprofit and business leaders come out. I think some are working on a response, so I'm willing to give a little bit of room. But I would have liked, I'd like to see a more coordinated response from the entire community whenever these things happen. The hotel and restaurant lobbying association, they wouldn't survive without immigrants on either side of their coin, whether it's the service side or the customer side. And there's various industries across the state of Texas that, that would collapse if we didn't have our, our, our siblings and our communities from all over the world. Now, uh, this none of this is by accident, Daniel. I, I want to go into that narrative in a little bit. But before I do, we have Tag on the line, and I want to bring Tag into the conversation. I also want to remind everybody that they can go ahead and call 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Extension number two, fun drive is over. So you, we have full talk now, and guess what? But of course, if you still want to hit extension number one, we are always in need of your support. But again... We are out of fun. Drive 713-526-5738, extension numero dos. So let's go to brother Tag. Tag, Tag, Tag. How are you doing, my brother? I don't hear Tag yet. Is Tag on the line? Well, uh, he was. Here, let's, we had he was on the line. Okay. Maybe he's on mute and we're going to get him in. Uh, Ty, yeah. please call back. He went and got some coffee. About you. Yeah, he Maybe went and got went some, coffee. Get some yeah, coffee. That's what he did. Because Tag so always call, calls Tag back. Call back. 
<laughs> there you go. There I think we go. Uh, no, I don't know if that's tag. That's a Houston number. But anyhow, here's a deal um, that I want to hit. All of this is calculated. Uh, I have a piece that I was trying to prepare for the show this morning. I have to confess to the audience. I had a long day yesterday. And by the, by the time it was ready to put all the videos together, I just didn't have the energy left. I'm not as young as my brother Daniel Cohen is anymore. So uh, I, I couldn't quite finish that video. But it is a video from uh, MSNBC piece that shows how everybody is talking in sync about this immigration issue. And it's really occurring because the economy for the, the statistics on the economy, not necessarily on an individual basis or through the roof, really. I'm not talking for people individually because that's another story. But the economic uh, that they expected to run on is not there. And plus, they have the abortion issue, the IVF issue, and all these things that are simply making things havoc. So how do you solve that problem? You create a massive number of hateful situations where you can get people to hate, and you highlight the few things. So before I go back to, uh, to Daniel, Daniel, some recent reports uh, came out. Hard facts that shows, one, the immigrant community commits a lot less crime than the born citizens of this United States. Also, all these places that our red state governors have been sending immigrants to, you know, those undocumented immigrants, the crime rate didn't go up, didn't stay steady, but the crime rate went down. It is easy to look at individual issues here and there and say this crime occurred or whatever, but those are the statements of fact. Immigrants don't come here to commit crimes because they don't want to be caught. Anyway, uh, Daniel, come in, my friend. Yeah, I mean, that's that makes sense to me. I mean, it, well, look, there's been studies for year, years on the impact of, of immigration. And I'll even, I'll say this, Anything that you can point to, anything, any service policy, whatever it is, right, it's going to be pros and there's going to be cons. And so if someone were to say, is there, an, is there a con to anything that we would ever say? Of course there is. But we've seen over and over again, there is a net positive from immigration to the United States. Now, there are negatives that come from our system. And in other words, not letting people come out of the shadows so that, you know, we, we have issues when it, you know, because there, there are people who definitely pay into taxes. They pay their sales taxes. There are a lot of people who pay their income taxes and things like that, too, through, through DACA and other various means. We have wage theft, right, that happens because of our system. We have people who, who are paid, who are, or excuse me, who work. They never get paid. They get exploited. They get deported, things like that. We have families that get ripped apart because of our laws. So there's lots of there's lots of downsides to the way that we do these policies, but it's for the purposes of political expediency. That's why Eric Adams is saying what he's saying. And that's why his number two is saying what she's saying, because it's very easy for them to pivot over toward the right on immigration, because it's hard to instead do the difficult thing of educating the public, as you do every single day so effectively to really have an open conversation with people. In fact, I think if there are folks out there that believe any of this MAGA-style you know, uh, uh, talking points, 
about the border right now or about immigration. I think that we should have the discussion about it because it's largely based on lies. Um, you know, it's a, it's a grain of truth with a few lies next to it. And I think you're right. I think it is calculated. That's why everyone from the, you know, every, everybody on the right starts using the same RNC talking points within a matter of an hour. Migrant uh, crime, migrant crime, migrant crime. It's all over Fox News. It's all over OFN. It's all over Newsmax. And then I started to hear some of my my friends, my good right wing friends that listen, that talk to me every day at three o'clock. They listen to politics done right at three o'clock and they're giving me all these examples of migrant crimes and they're parroting the same terminology. I need to go to Augie. Augie, come on in. Folks, please give us a call. 713-526-5738. Fun drive is over. You can feel free to call and not have us hear us say, please uh, hit number one and don't. Uh, look, it's over, guys. So give us a call. We're back in full fledged. Augie, my brother, talk to me, sir. Yeah, I like that tune that you started the show with, but that's the one I used to go to sleep with uh, back in the <laughs> 50s and 60s. But uh, Dean was right about Ed Young. Uh, I saw um, him on TV on Sunday morning one time after this uh, political talk show. And the, the mm-hmm. right off the bat, he started talking about the crime here in Houston. Uh, he didn't talk about the Bible or anything. He was blaming it, you know, sort of like on, on the Democrats, the crime that we were having. Right. And uh, But then uh, he's got a million-dollar home, and so does Joel Osteen. And uh, and Pat Robertson, who started that Christian network, uh, he started right. going kind of demented, and he wants political, too, on his cable religious show. And, um, and then they tried to push, uh, what was it, uh, Ten Commandments on our, in front of our uh, uh, courthouses here. Uh, if they really want to push Christianity, instead of the commandments, they ought to put the Beatitudes to come in in the New Testament uh, about how we're supposed to treat our fellow man. But they don't want to do that. Uh, uh, and uh, there's other preachers that for years have been preaching their Sunday sermons, telling their congregants, you're going to go to hell if you vote Democrats. And they said those words, but uh, nobody does anything about this. Uh, they're violating uh, the IRS laws. The law, this, but, uh, right? Yeah, they're violating. They're, they're criminals themselves. Ed Young was a criminal by uh, talking like that, and so were just the other Christian sort of uh, sort of Christian uh, preachers that are telling people they're going to hell is vote Democrats. But uh, it's a great day. There's an election going on, and people need to get out there and vote and know what they're voting for right now uh, against stuff like this. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, oh, Jesus Christ didn't have a billion-dollar home when he was around. He didn't care about the, uh, the money. Um, these uh, Christians are making the, the dollar their God, not Christ, when the, they have million-dollar homes, they have these jet planes and all that. But uh, people need to wake up to all this and... Now's a great time with the election coming up. Uh, if you if you care for Social Security and Medicare, and uh, and people wanted uh, the news shows to be like uh, back in when Walter Cronkite was there, but uh, uh, nobody so the the Republicans aren't aware that the Republicans are the ones that took that away. If a news show lied or made a mistake, they corrected it. They never equated truth with lies. And the Republicans now say, hey, we can say whatever we want to. Uh, you're stopping us from saying what we want to. But 
not if you're telling lies and misinformation and propaganda. Uh, they're equating a truth to be equal with lies, and lies were never equal with truth. Truth should have trumped lies, but that's not the way the Republicans think. They're pushing their propaganda. But anyway, it uh, is a, people, it is uh, it is a shame. It is a shame, folks. I. I accidentally didn't throw the stuff on the stream uh, as we started, but it is up on the stream right now on all streams, both at KPFT or at both at uh, Facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, as well as at uh, politicsonright.com.tv, YouTube's channels, etc. Vicky Nicolaitis uh, says it's good time for a third party. Vicky Nicolaitis says in elections. Yeah, but the problem is we don't yet have the infrastructure so that uh, the people who are, let's call it the progressives that want change uh, to actually win. So we are going to have a show because, I mean, a lot of folks have been asking me about third parties, etc. Uh, we need to have a show, a practical show, Vicky, on, on these particular issues. Anyway, uh, Brother Augie, thank you so kindly for calling as usual. And by the way, I want to give you a special thanks for all the contributions that you gave uh, over our fund drive and what you've constantly given. Thank you, brother. Peace. And, and thanks for all the people you bring on, like uh, Kim Hogg and Sean Tier was on there too, and others. Yes, you, uh, yes. Bring on. So this is the only station I think that does that. Let them speak like they do. And uh, but, yeah, we, uh, thanks for all. That's our goal, brother. That's our goal. This 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 is what we are doing here. We want to make sure and bring thinking people out on this show that like we have brother cohen on right now uh stalwarts in our community all right let's go to tag thank you augie tag come on in brother sorry we missed you are you there i'm here now yeah <laughs> how you doing egberto talk to me brother i am doing fine sir just uh very quickly shout out to howard and jack uh the, you know just love what they do there at the station um you know, I just wanted to compare and contrast uh, different states and different governors for a moment. And this, uh, mm -hmm. you know, these people coming coming from outside the country, uh, we know how Abbott's been dealing with uh, the immigrants coming. Uh, but uh, Governor Whitmer up here in Michigan, and of course she's a Democrat. Great governor. Yep, and, and, and we're a Democratic state. Um, she actually come out and, and asked uh, Michigan residents to take in some of the, these migrants coming in. So, you know, public plea. I mean, you know, how how would we see that come across with Abbott? Would you think he'd ever come out and ask Texans to take in migrants? <laughs> you know? so, no. And, and there's been, no. been some great, great, there's been some great stories about people who have taken in migrants and they've been very beneficial to the people who have helped them out. So I, I think that that needs to be said today. Let me tell you something. When uh, when you do good, and and what a lot of people don't understand is reflection. Here's what people think: people think, oh, we treat these people nicely. It's going to open door for people from all over the world to just come out here because you know we are treating them nicely, and 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 it's going to open the doors. There there are two two rationales because that's not the only one. One of them is to simply cr use these people as as uh, as props to win an election, make people fear these people so that they'll, they'll, they'll vote for the ones who uh, are going to address getting out these people that people fear. That's one. The other side is, well, if we really are nice to these people, we're going to get an 
influx of these people. And this has a more a, a, a more benevolent act in that you're just preventing something you can't control. Both of them are false, right? Look, I'm from Central America. All right. I came to the United States for a better opportunity to go to college or whatever. If I could have done at that time the same thing I could in Panama, I would have stayed my you know what in Panama. Right. <laughs> but let's be clear here. The United States came into Panama and I can give you story after story after story as to why many of us in Panama who have upward mobility come to the United States of America. But you ask anybody from France, there was a there was a couple in France that wanted this is, was on the uh, Moore movie, the Michael Moore movie. This uh, couple from France, they thought that they wanted to come to America before they knew what we represented, etc. Uh, they said, uh, do you know in America you're not guaranteed five or six weeks vacation? Oh, do you know in America that uh, you have to, you don't get health care, you have to pay for health care and you can actually uh, get, if you don't have the money, you don't, I mean, they, they went to, to these entire narratives. The person said, then I, this was on the Michael Moore show. I don't remember the exact response, but it's something to the effect of, I guess we'll go there on vacation because look, the truth of the matter is uh, those of us who come to the United States come because of some force. And I, I'm going to tell you, honestly, uh, a lot of that force has its genesis in what we do over there, both in if you talk about Jamaica, you talk about Venezuela, you talk about Colombia, all these other places. I can tie the knot to how it happens. But Tag, I got to go to Bard. Anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, I just would like to say uh, it's a great day that Sweden's come into NATO and um, in it's not such a great day when uh, what's his name comes to Mar a Lago from. <laughs> so, so <laughs> when anyway. Orbine, yeah, yeah. So Orbine Let me, comes to Mar a Lago. Thank you very much for that tag. <laughs> I want to jump to Howard. Thank you, brother Howard. Come on in. You know, if there was ever a lesson to be learned about third-party candidates, let's look back at the election of Bill Clinton versus George Bush. Ross mm -hmm. the boss. Both I remember times. Will. Yes, Ross the right. boss both times interfered with the right. election. I say interfered. He didn't interfere. He was running as a third-party candidate, which just simply mm -hmm. split the conservative ticket. So right. third-party candidates, that's, you know, hey, I'd like to try one. But the thing is, the American public is so... um indoctrinated to vote either Democrat or Republican, there's going to be a hard time weaning them away from that to go for a third-party third candidate. And the structures as well, Howard, the structure to get on the ballot. Right now, the, the, the thing that I was talking to you about with, uh, with uh, uh, I don't remember, the, the candidate that came over here uh, to raise a million dollars to get on the ballot in Texas. If you can't be on the ballot in all these 50 states, there's no way you're getting 270 electoral votes. Oh, exactly. There you go. There you so go. So that's, you know, I was just, that's my two cents. Because I remember, you know, Ross Perot and his flip charts mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. And everybody made fun of him. But, you know, he really had some pretty good ideas. But another thing yeah. is, you can't run the government like you run a business. Because it just doesn't no, work can't. that way. 
you know, a business has balance no. sheets where you have where you take in more money than you spend. So the government can't do that. They take they, they take in I, they spend more money than they take in. I try to explain the, the that thing about money a few days ago, and I want to do an entire show about that because the government account is not a credit card account. It and and not only that, it doesn't even behave like a credit card account. We need to go into that sometime, uh, Howard, because. Um, the, the thing that drives me the most crazy is when I hear, we need to run it like a business and we need to only spend what we have. Oh, my God. It, it's a complete lack of understanding. And it's not their fault that they're saying that. That's what they've learned. And That's what, what they think, yeah. Of, they, they look at right. the model and go, well, wouldn't this work for government? But no, it doesn't. Right. Government is a no. completely different model. It, exactly. it operates on a different set of uh, standards. So Absolutely. it won't work. All right. Um, let's let me get uh, uh, Daniel to chime in real short for a while before I jump to Bart, because I know Daniel has something to say here as well. Daniel. Well, I mean, we talk about third parties. I mean, the brief thing that I want to say about that is you're talking to somebody who uh, is a big believer in accountability within the party. And I, I'd like to say has some credibility toward it. I mean, a lot of our discussions around uh, the district attorney race at a local level um, have been different because we made sure to push information to the public and we used party mechanisms to do it. So um, just just maybe I'm not defending a two party system. I'm not looking to say that. But I do I do encourage people to look into the deeper mechanisms of their local parties to see if there's there's ways to make change there. From uh, within. I think it often goes untouched. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe within, without all of that. Now, I want to welcome Peggy Lopez. Good morning, Peggy from California. Uh, she said, immigrate, looking into immigrating to Mexico. We need to talk about that, Vicky. I mean, uh, Peggy. And Vicky Nicolaidis says, I am immigrated to Greece. So, hey, we have somebody listening from Greece. We have somebody listening from Barcelona, Spain. We have, look, uh, we are all over the place, man. All are, right, they, man. Uh, are they migrants or expats? That's the question. What are they? I don't know. There's no no difference between the difference between a migrant and an expat is whether or not you're American going to another country or if you're someone else coming to America. That's the only difference. A couple of migrants going in. Yeah. Well, I mean, Barcelona, Spain, she actually wakes up and, uh, well, actually, she's already up from Barcelona, Spain. Vicky uh, uh, says she immigrated to Greece, not from Greece, to Greece. She's a, she's a migrant. She's just she, a, she's just an American migrant, right? Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, let's go to uh, Bard. How you doing this morning, Bard? We're going to connect. Go there we go, Bard. You're on now, my brother. How you doing, brother? Yes. Good morning, sir. I'm doing good. How are you? I am trying to do as uh, look. I am just happy that fun drive is over, so I can spend more time with you guys, man. Me too. Me too. I'm just wondering when when you and Tag are going to take in some immigrants to your house. Actually, I have several times, uh, you know, uh, earlier on in my in my life. Right now, I just don't have the wherewithal. I have a daughter who's had two strokes and a wife with lupus that is uh, flaring right now. So I don't have, a, 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 you know, and I'm trying to do this um, this activism stuff. So my plate, I can tell you, 
is full. I only get three hours. But for those people who can, I want you to listen to Bard because Bard is giving us the opportunity here in Texas to show that we are good people. And just like we have expected others to take up, take us in, because I tell you what, Bard, a lot of Americans come to Panama, right? And our homes are always open for Americans who come and visit us. Uh, I I'm also have friends in Limon, Costa Rica, where Americans like to go there and backpack and that sort of stuff. And the homes are always open for them with open, loving arms. So I agree with you that for those Americans who can take a few people in, it'll work. Like uh, Tag spoke about earlier, how Governor Whitmer out there, instead of calling these people vermins, she opened the door and said, people who can accept some of these migrants, can we do the American thing, the loving thing? And bring them in. Continue, Bart, please. Well, I agree with you. This is a coordinated attack. We've got Catholic mm -hmm. Charity, Lutheran Services, Hebrew International, and they're now wanting to meet these illegal aliens down in Panama, and they want to fly them straight in. They don't want to actually. Let me tell you why Panama has become central, my brother. Panama has become central because of the Darien jungle, right, to pass through. By the way, I'm from Panama, so I know my, what I'm, I'm talking about, my dear brother. But here's the thing. Let's start. Uh, the reason you refer to these people as illegal aliens with a, with a, with a modicum of disdain is not, it's because of how you were taught about what these people are and what they bring. Now, if I showed you that because of a government use because of government actions that you support it's instrumental in this migration that's been coming for some time now i am sure your loving heart will start thinking differently and that's one of my goals to let people understand what's going on not to use the killers the a couple of killers that get through in this country as an example but to use the life of most of these people and why they're coming here as an example. Continue, Bard, please. Well, I don't support any of this. I would build a wall 30 feet high and there would be nobody coming across it. These people come and Let me ask here, you something, Bard. Bard, uh, okay, now that you've said that, now that you've said that, Bard, hold on, Bard, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I, hold on, Daniel, I want to ask Bard one thing before you come in because I know what you, where you're coming from, Daniel. Bard, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of Yellowstone? I've heard of it. Yeah, Yellowstone National Park. Okay. Uh, Yellowstone is a big volcano, okay? It's a big volcano that's under Yellowstone Park. There is a good possibility it's overdue for a hell of an explosion. And when that explosion occurs, a lot of Americans are going to be displaced. And there's a good likelihood that Americans are going to be flocking to places, Canada and Mexico. I want yeah. us to stop thinking. Hold on. I want us to stop thinking that somehow we are so special that there are not conditions that will occur here in the United States unforeseen to us that will cause us to immigrate. But before you continue, I want to bring in Brother Daniel because he wants to address it and I, he's itching for a snatch. Go ahead, Daniel. I just, I just I'm, I'm curious uh, how he would pay for the wall if it would be out of the taxes of immigrants uh, who are already working here. And then at that point, once he's built the wall, if uh, the revenue would dry up or if he thinks that we should tax 
uh, you know, middle class and working class Americans, because obviously, you know, that's what they need is is to be squeezed while the uh, wealthy get away with everything. If you want to ask who should be taking in immigrants, I'm wondering if you're calling for billionaires to take in immigrants. I'm wondering if you're calling for people who have excessive resources to be able to take in immigrants. This sounds very similar to Ed Young, who smacks around people who don't have any money in their pocket, gets his pews to demonize them and cheer and, and rant and rave and go wild eyed. Uh, and bloodlust, and then and uh, and then you know turns around and offers no reasonable solution to the problem because there's no depth of research whatsoever. So Bard, let us know how you're going to pay for it. Uh, well, that's for you, Bard. Congress to pay for it with border security. Uh, their border security, uh, twenty billion dollars. No, 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 no. I can't. I can't let you go there. <laughs> Who's going to give us some money? Congress doesn't materialize money. Are you saying they should print the money or they should tax people? And who gets taxed and who pays for it? Just print more. We're giving the bus to Ukraine. Let's just cut off twenty billion there. And we'll oh, great, all great. It. That's that's awesome. That's uh, you. You've, congratulations. You've demonized immigrants and crashed the economy, Bart. <laughs> <a> great leader. <laughs> that's, you, we should all hey. definitely make you president. Talk, you know, I mean, which which third party quack label are you going to run on? Because um, I'm sure that you'll get all kinds of votes, except that the Republican Party apparently has already welcomed you with open arms. That is the silliest policy proposal I've heard. In quite some time, um, I'd like to, me, to give you a big congratulations for that. Daniel, let me let me go back to Bard, because I think this is something that we need to, I mean, Bard, um, I'm going to ask you something, because I am, I, I'm hoping, you're a, a, a steady listener to this program. I hope that you listen with, uh, op, with, with an open, or try to open your mind to listen to the things we're talking about, because... Hate is is simple, right? Hate makes us allow us to make a whole lot of bad decisions. And I think, you know, Daniel is a bit more sarcastic than I am. You know, Daniel is a young activist. I am a little bit more mellow than my brother is. So um, so uh, my, my question to you is, are you going to, as you listen to politics done right over the next several months, are you going to listen with an open mind? That's my listen. question. Listen. We have a system. Of Bard, I ask a question. Effect. Just ask me, answer my question, Bard, because I want to know how to address you going forward. Are you going to, I listen to you, trust me, I do. Are you going to also listen to me with an open mind? I have an open mind. That's why I support Democrats. I'm supporting Whitmire. I'm supporting Kim Og. I'm trying to save All right. the country. We have Illegal immigration. We have illegal people running over the border, swimming the river, jumping through. All right, Bart. I tell you what. I'm not going to. I, I have a full uh, set of phone right now, and I know where your stance is right now. All I'm going to say is this: I hope you continue listening to the program, and I want you to continue listening to the program. I hope there's something that I am going to say at some time that's going to trigger you to start thinking and not not parroting. Uh, the misinformation, but I talk to you later. I need to jump to somebody right. that I haven't listen, seen listen, in a while. Listen, listen, so let's listen, listen, thank listen. you, Bard. I got to go, Bard. I, the, the phones are completely full. Let's go to Terrence. Terrence, come on in. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. You can hear me. Okay. Well, you know who Donald Trump is, right? Yes, I do. And you know that he's running for president in the next November election, right? Yes, I do. Well, he's going to lose. I actually, you, you want me to tell you something? I actually think 
it's going to be a landslide. A lot of people think I'm crazy, but I think there, if the Democrats don't blow it, there is enough out there for a landslide win. And I'm not talking about on the presidential level. Uh, I think uh, uh, I think the position that Biden has taken with Netanyahu, I'm not talking with Israel, with Netanyahu, is going to hurt his numbers. But I think Democrats from the state house right up the chain, it's going to be a landslide if we don't listen to the to the uh, elitists on the coast. But if we start listening to grassroots activists like my brother Daniel Cohen here, I think we're in for a landslide. I mean, I, I'm going to I'm going to tease him a bit. There is some work he's doing in this county alone that's going to bring some people in with a landslide. And I think uh, this national is going to make a difference. Anyway, continue, Terrence. A landslide for Trump? No, a landslide for the whole Democratic Party. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not predicting a landslide, but I'm just predicting that uh, Trump's going to lose. Okay. Well, good. Uh, thank you, my dear brother, Terrence. And thank I don't think I've spoken to you before. So thank you for listening. Thank you for calling yeah. into the show. Okay. Well, he lost the last time, so it's a safe bet he's going to lose this time. Well, we'll see. We'll morning. see. I, I think. Have a good morning. Thank you, brother. You have a great morning. All right. Let's go to Patrick. Come on in, Patrick. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good morning, sir. I'm fine. Talk to me, my brother. Uh, I wanted to remind you that in the past I, I brought up the, the one of the biggest drivers for uh, crime is income disparity, but I didn't really have the opportunity to tell you why I brought that up. Uh, okay, tell me why you brought it up. Income disparity and the lack of social, <clears throat> social safety net uh, mm-hmm. always increases crime and uh, produces a more violent uh, community. So any party that is really focused on uh, reducing crime and making society safer uh, would be supporting uh, uh, income uh, equalization, and they would be focused on on, uh, efficient uh, social programs. Instead, there's a party that is doing the exact opposite while they're trying to uh, promote fear. And fear is a, a, a weapon of the weak. Anybody that's trying to scare you into voting for them instead of off, offering you something is trying to get away with something. And they're preying on your intellect, which should be a insult to most of these people. Uh, you are so right, Patrick. And you know what? Do you know what? It's the only uh, push. Not, and it's not even a pushback. It's a it's a sorrow. The only thing that that's uh, that's right there, brother, is that unfortunately it works. And I and I really need your help and the help of everybody to learn how to handle that fear, that fear inkling. Right. Because if I listen to Bard, look, I I'm going to tell you something that I do. I listen to what people say and how people talk, etc. And what I try to do is I try to I try to tee off of one good thing I hear out of them, right? Because if I can get them to grow on the good thing they already believe in, I feel I can reach the, I, I come that step closer to reaching them, right? Now, when you brought up about fear being weak, that is so true. Now, how do we break that? How do we work on that? It's the thing that 
we still have to perfect. I don't want to scare them into my side or our side. I want them to see the benefit of being on our side, if you will. Does that make any sense, Patrick? Oh, yes, sir. And both these subjects are easy to, to look up and, and find studies on them. Right. Right. But anyway, Patrick, I appreciate your call. And, um, you know, um, uh, you keep listening, keep calling, keep sharing. Before I jump to Johnny, uh, you want to add anything to that, Brother Coin? Yeah, briefly, I'll say he's absolutely right about income inequality, albeit I might add hyper-localized income inequality is what usually folk, people focus on. But that is that is really, for, as far as we can tell, crime, the root of crime is a very complicated discussion, but that's the best answer so far in terms of statistics as to actually addressing it. Um, I will say I have no problem telling the world that they should worry. And perhaps we would even go so far as to say, be afraid of someone like Pastor Ed Young. Um, but I do understand where the where where you're coming from, Patrick. That when you just peddle misinformation and and falsehoods in order to scare people, uh, that is completely immoral, and it is the way that we've seen reactionaries in both the Republican and Democratic parties, such as our local DA. Frankly, if if I'm speaking for my own my own opinion here, uh, have tried to fear to scare people into voting for them and for to supporting their policies. I agree. Yeah, it, it, and I, I want to add to that because if you hear somebody saying crime is bad and the immigrants are doing this and they're lying to you and you're making statements based on that and you're using anecdotal statements to prove that and we come out with the actual numbers that say that's not true and the lived experience look i'm out there daniel you're out there in the field all of us are out there in the field uh look somebody could shoot me tomorrow don't get me wrong somebody could pop a cap on me while i'm driving tomorrow and I, I would be a rand, it would be a random act. But for the amount of time that we've been out there, and all of you that are listening out there, that you've been able to go to your restaurant just fine. You've been able to do all these things just fine without anything happening to you. Most people never have anything happen to them. The only experience you have is the fear somebody's trying to tell you that something is going to happen to you. Look, I could get shot tomorrow. That will change my stance that says, Crime is rampant because most people aren't. But anyway, let's jump to Johnny, and then we're going to go to Brian. Oh, no, actually to Harry before Brian. Go, Johnny. Okay, so I am grateful for you, Egberto, for a variety of reasons. And today, for yet one more, you remind us in the way that you relate to people with a genuine, warm, heartfelt thoughts and feelings, and you are so kind and gracious and generous and brave to respond the way you did to Breitbart when he when he asked you that that rhetorical question, and I think it meant it was meant to be rhetorical, and I bet he was surprised to hear the response he got from you. So if if Breitbart is still listening, I'd like for him to call in Monday and tell us under what religion he was brought up under. Was he brought up a Catholic, a Baptist, a fundamentalist? Or was he brought up an atheist? Because here's why I'm asking. Back in the day, Ronald Reagan, and now fast forward to today, uh, other Republican Party politicians, like that guy, that theocratic wannabe who's, who's in charge of the U.S. House, Johnson, these guys are all saying 
that we need to be a Christian nation. We need to bring we need to bring pub, uh, prayer back to public school because God is what's missing in our public schools, and that's why people are are uh, sinning and committing crimes and stuff. Yeah. Well, how did that go for Breitbart? I'm guessing that he was brought up with religion, Christian religion, and the fact that he responded with a black heart to you, it made me so angry, and I'm trying to censor myself, but I remind myself that not everybody's Egberto. We have a lot of Breitbarts out there, but we also have people like Brian, who I feel is on the cusp. I'm listening to Brian in between the lines, and he wants to. He wants to come around, but he is not quite there yet, but he's coming soon, and I look forward to that. I let really me tell do. you, uh, let me tell you, all, all my callers, I respect and consider them good people, and I let me tell you how I can deal with folks. And I, Time caught up with me, but I have to say this. We're, we're almost out of time, uh, but I have to say this. Um, I what taught me to do certain things is I understand that externalities is why people feel the way they do. And if I cop into that, I've copped into the evil folks that are the ones that are putting this stuff out. I can't. But Johnny, I talk to you later. I got to go to Harry for nineties. Uh, Harry, I'm shortchanging you today, brother. But let's bring Harry in. Thank you, Johnny. Harry, I'm shortchanging you. I'm sorry. I'll fix it next time. Real quick, Harry. Well, that's okay, Berto. Um, um, thank you, Mayor of Politics and Right, with your bright comments. I wanted to talk about third-party candidates and on the middle of Spencer Cox, but I don't have time to talk about that because um, uh, I was very disturbed on that when I was listening to that show last night on NPR. But I'll call you early uh, Monday. Thank you, uh, Harry. Uh, Harry, and I appreciate you. And like I said, I'm sorry yeah. I have to kind of like throw you off to get Brian okay. in, and then I'm off to throw Brian off as well. So, Brian, I need okay. to talk to you as well. Come talk on in real later. quick. Say what you got to say, and then I got to go. Yeah, I want to quickly talk about uh, Lena Hidalgo and her being fired from uh, Houston Galveston Area Council. Just uh, say it. Just was, say what you want to say. Yeah, her excuse was, we don't have enough representation, so I'm not going to go 52 consecutive times. All right. If she had okay. any knowledge whatsoever, she could have went to one of the meetings and said, I need more representation. Instead, she went on vacation. So. All right. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Let me just tell you that we voted. We voted on that uh, issue here in the last election. I hope you, you voted appropriately in that election. But thank you, Brian. I got to go because I got to give uh, some time here to Brother Howard and Brother uh, Jack in the studio, and then offered a, a closer from our brother Cohen. Come on in, studio. Okay, I was just going to add that as long as there are principals, offices, and schools, and children waiting to see the principal, there's going to be prayer in public school. I guarantee it. All right, Jack, what you got? Oh, I think I'll quote old Kinky Friedman and say, don't build a wall. Some of us might want to leave. <laughs> Uh, and on that light note, we turn it back to you. All right, and I'm going to turn it right back to Brother Cohen. Uh, closer. Yeah, please get involved in the movement to make Houston better. Uh, go to IndivisibleHouston.org. That's Indivisible, like One Nation, Indivisible Houston, like this wonderful city we live in. Dot org. Uh, we are a progressive democracy movement with thousands of advocates in the Harris County area. We advocated on a wide variety of issues. Uh, we do pressure people across different parties. Uh, we are we come from a progressive lens, but uh, but we hold people accountable. 
Uh, we've been doing that this cycle and four uh, on-ballot races. And uh, we hope to see you at future events. And please get involved. Reach out if you have any questions. Daniel at IndivisibleHouston.org. Thank you so kindly, Daniel. And folks, please uh, support all these independent uh, activists that we bring onto the show frequently because this is what we do here, my friends. Uh, anyway, I want to thank the entire audience. I want to thank every single caller. I want to thank my brothers in the studio, uh, Jack and Howard. I want to thank the guest that comes on. We cannot do this without you. I want to thank all of you who gave us great contributions. I will have a video to say thank you. I made my quota. The studio made its quota. My name is Egberto Willis. Love you all. This is Politics Unright, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! Populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs> <laughs>